one one set. We aren't that good, but we have good vibes. And he was talking about a team of sorts that he was a part of that was in the midst of maybe rebuilding things. But the vibes were good. Doesn't even feel like there are that many good vibes around the West Virginia football team right now. I'm Mike Oste. This is Mike Drop, of course, for WB Sports Now and amongst the Sports Now family of networks. Not good right now for West Virginia. Not looking like a good football team. Certainly the record doesn't dictate they're a good football team. And yeah, records can be deceiving, especially in college football, because strength of schedule matters and who you play matters. And it hasn't been exactly Cupcake City for West Virginia, despite the Townsend game, which obviously they did dominate. Even the Kansas loss looks better than it did at the time. It was a really, really bad loss then. They were 13.5-point favorite, blew a two-touchdown lead. But Kansas being undefeated now, even though they haven't really beaten anybody of note and have never scored that many points again, looks at least a little better. Texas had that close affair with Alabama. They almost beat them, but they did lose to Texas Tech. So are they just a roller coaster ride and clearly better than West Virginia? Just dominated the Mountaineers from the jump. Another bad showing for the defense really was the problem. The offense never got a chance to get going. It was their worst day, but you can't hold the offense as the problem this year. You can't. Uh, JT Daniels has been fine. He's been way better than what it was. He's been great, arguably. He's on the, 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 the Golden Arms watch list. He was cut down to the top 25. He's still there. Bryce Four Wheaton's numbers are stepped up from what he was he's been fine prather stepped up obviously the running game's clicking despite it being an air raid cj donaldson who goes down in that texas game that's a bad vibe that sucked but he now is apparent apparently doing well he's okay he should be all right we don't know his status though moving forward so he's been a bright spot even to cover i mean his emergence has been something else as a running back with tony mathis and he wasn't even a running back position wise until the end of camp coming in as a tight end and they didn't know what to do with him. figured it out clearly that he can be a great running back for you and has more years to go just being a freshman doing things that we haven't seen for West Virginia since Steve Slayton so that's all nice and that's maybe a positive vibe there were good vibes after the Townsend win of course that was a shutout for the defense only the kickoff return against them everything you could imagine for the offense including the future quarterbacks performing it was Townsend it was FCS but still and then the big victory in Blacksburg, winning the Black Diamond Trophy, claiming that for a second straight year, keeping that in Morgantown into perpetuity since that scheduled rivalry isn't yet in the books for when they'll play again. And dominating Virginia Tech, even though Virginia Tech is not really that good of a team. They're, they weren't a ranked team like last year when West Virginia beat them. And last year they got exposed, losing a bunch of games after that game, but no longer being ranked. And this year, just not ranked at all. They've already lost, including the Old Dominion loss, which would be like a West Virginia loss to Townsend, despite it maybe being a little bigger of a deal. But again, not a great Virginia Tech team. And that, that, that was evident. I think one of the takeaways from the Texas loss for West Virginia is that Virginia Tech is not that good. That's another one of those takeaways. So, yeah, and it brings you to two and three. It brings you to 0-2 in conference play. It brings you to a major game to look to, and it's coming. There's a bye week this week, but it's coming next week against Baylor. Thursday night, big deal. Previously, that was basically a guarantee win for West Virginia when they would play those night games, certainly Thursday night, but they've already lost the night game at home this year and Baylor's a ranked team even though they're coming off a loss they lost to a top 10 Oklahoma State team 
not the same as West Virginia losing to Texas, no longer ranked. So Baylor's better, but it's a road game for them. We'll see. The schedule doesn't get better the rest of the season. Again, Mike Osti, WV Sports Now, kind of resetting things here. Didn't do a post-game show. Wanting to do something here. Feel free to come at me. Feel free to ask questions. I will be willing to answer those and talk with you. But if not, then I'm going to touch on one topic that I wanted to touch on regardless and just do a standard mic drop show if I don't see action here. Of course, um, for full disclosure, for anybody listening to this archive after the fact, I am recording this just randomly. And I'm going live, but in the middle of an afternoon here, kind of Monday morning quarterbacking this particular show. Didn't do a post-game show, so wanted to offer something, opportunity as event session for West Virginia fans if you want to chime in. But if not, I do want to touch on, because there's been news since then, Wisconsin firing Paul Christ fired him despite a buyout not far from where Neil Browns is at West Virginia. Neil Browns at $16.7 million. In fact, got that extension not long ago after the bowl win, which is still his only as Mountaineer head coach in year four, going into year five or solid recruiting class. But that buyout, even if this season continues to go in the tubes, is going to be a problem if you do want to move on from him right now. But Wisconsin moves on despite a hefty buyout, despite a, despite a 16 million dollar or so buyout from Paul Chris. And by the way, resume wise, Neil Brown, one bowl victory, two appearances, losing last year in the guaranteed rate bowl, mediocre bowl to say the least, six and seven record that season. So under 500 records for Neil Brown, only the one bowl win, only the two appearances. Next year will be year five, despite solid recruiting classes. This year certainly appears to be going down the drain. Maybe you can upset Baylor. It is at home. Maybe that's something. But who knows the rest of the season? You got to play TCU. They beat Oklahoma. You figure Oklahoma is still better than you if they're overrated. You feel like TCU is clearly going to be a problem now from what you've seen. And really, again, how many more wins are left on the schedule? Can you get two, can you get two more, let alone can you get four more to get to bowl eligibility? Or even really three more to somehow crawl into the five wins and maybe get a bowl game if things fall right and teams have to drop out or crazy things occur. But you want the six, and, and that doesn't appear in any way. Guaranteed. But Paul Christ gets fired. Okay. This is a man that this year, it's not going well. Bad vibes for him, too. And Wisconsin, the program, they do expect more from than West Virginia as a Big Ten program with multiple major bowl victories in that last decade, more so than the Mountaineers clinging off that 2012 Orange Bowl win. But Again, more recently and more recent success, not good enough. We'll see what happens with Neil Brown. I thought that buyout would be a reason why they wouldn't let him go, but this now maybe changes things. This is a different college football world we, we're living in here. So Paul Christ ends up, and this is at Wisconsin. He did win a bowl game at Pitt, by the way, and then bounced from Pitt to get to Wisconsin. He is a Wisconsin guy. So Neil Brown, not from West Virginia, didn't play at West Virginia, Kentucky guy. Appalachian, but not the same thing as WVU, not a West Virginia guy that some Mountaineer fans want. Paul Chris is a Wisconsin guy, played there, not just from the area. Forget that, played there. So he was going home. He ends up with one, two, three, four, five, six bowl victories overall. Okay. And two of them are major bowl victories, a Cotton Bowl victory and an Orange Bowl victory. He also appeared in the Rose Bowl despite losing. And that Rose Bowl appearance for Wisconsin, by the way, 
was only in 2019. We're not talking about 10 years ago here. He was in the Rose Bowl in 2019. Yes, the Cotton Bowl and the Orange Bowl wins are now a handful of years ago. Maybe you got to move on if you're just clinging at those. Granted, you get a couple of those and you get some rope. I mean, again, West Virginia fans weren't pleased with what Daner Holgerson did in Morgantown. And he won eight games a bunch of times. He had a four-win season. It was bad. He had a seven-win season. It wasn't great. He disappointed and lost some games he shouldn't have lost. And I think they were both looking to divorce once he eventually went to Houston. But he had the Orange Bowl win. That's one major bowl game. That's obviously less than Paul Chris, but a lot of eight-win seasons. Different conference, different situation, different program status. Wisconsin is a step above West Virginia, generally speaking, certainly the last 15 years, maybe not prior to that, as they've gone through their back and forth as well. But their expectations are higher, and the buyouts around the same. Maybe the expectations being higher are why they made the move. I don't think West Virginia will still make the move. I do think unless they freaking don't win any more games the rest of the year, you're going to see Neil Brown back next season. The recruiting class will be part of that. The buyout will be part of that. And then if it if it's really bad again next year and it's similar to this or they only win three or four games again and they would miss the a bowl game back-to-back years, certainly if they don't get another bowl appearance or at least a second bowl win in a five- or six-year period, and we're talking about mediocre bowl games here. I'm not asking for a New Year's Six or anything. I do think then you're going to make a make a change regardless of a buyout. But Wisconsin doesn't win a right around. They pay the buyout. They fire Paul Chris, a Wisconsin guy, multiple major bowl wins. Six bowl victories, including, again, recently. So the 2019 Rose Bowl appearance, the last two years are mediocre bowl games, but they did win them, the Las Vegas Bowl and the Dukes-Mayo Bowl. West Virginia losing last year in the guaranteed rate bowl. So, again, he's at least winning bowl games. But basically, solid seasons for Wisconsin under Paul Chris just couldn't get over the hump and couldn't be better than Ohio State. Not many have been over the last decade. He's recently had to deal with Michigan as well, both last year and this year, with Michigan also finally being back as an elite program. It took him a while under Harbaugh, and they waited a long time. Clearly, Wisconsin might not have waited that long. That's a Michigan guy. They kept on waiting. It's now paying off. And then even occasionally, Penn State, the same type of thing. Penn State, of course, undefeated as I'm speaking this year, dipped last year, last couple years really, uh, despite strong starts and then fading. They haven't nearly been Ohio State, as their fans would expect, and we'll see what happens here with James Franklin, but he's going to be around for a while. They gave him a lot of rope, even though he's not getting expectations that maybe they would hope for in terms of actually winning a Big Ten. It's been a while for them as well, Ohio State with a stranglehold. But James Franklin's resume and Paul Chris's resume, uh, yeah, not far from each other when you think about it. And again, not enough for Paul Chris this year, two and three. Not a good team by any means, but... You're looking at ranked seasons. You're looking at top 10 finishes. You're looking at major bowl victories. You're looking at six bowl wins, two major bowl victories, a Rose Bowl appearance only a few years ago. Not good enough. So does that change anyone's mind? Does the Paul Chris news change anyone's tune on Neil Brown? I said before this season that he was on the hot seat or should be on the hot seat. I don't think he really was, but should be on the hot seat. Would have been on the hot seat for me going into year four. This isn't 20 years ago with Rich Rod or Don Nalen, where you could just wait years after years. And I get Rich Rod struggled right away, but not we're not talking year four. And Don Nalen, I get he took over after, right now, it appears, the worst season in Mountaineer history with the two wins. And we're dating back a while. And then that was 1979, last time they started 0-2, by the way. This year, they started 0-2. They won the two in a row, and then that Texas game. And 
He had to give him time. I get it. It'd be great if coaches get time. Uh, I mean, honestly, I'll be fr- I'll be frank. I think Rich Rod got a raw deal at Michigan. I know Mountaineer fans don't really want to talk about Rich Rod at Michigan, but I think that was a raw deal. He only got a few years there. Not even really. I don't believe it was even a full three seasons. You got to get your recruiting class in there. It was a totally different culture, totally different system he was running than what was in there before. I get it. I, I don't think that was fair, really. And that was a decade plus ago. But you don't get the rope you used to. You got to do it now. And I do see some chat action here from Brian. So, Brian, I can all but guarantee if we go four and eight, and I'm assuming the we is West Virginia, which sadly looks very plausible. And yeah, that's two more wins. I'm not sure where they're coming from. That we lose a ton of players to the portal, including a couple QBs. Which runs remain to be seen? You know, that's another end of this too. And obviously West Virginia has lost a lot of players to the portal in recent years. Mesador is that beaming light of a player that you'd like to have on this team with all the defensive problems. He would have been another veteran. He obviously was a star. He leaves. He 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 basically just rakes the the environment and the campus through the coals and the mud separate from the program. He goes to a Miami program that's a sexy pick, but obviously they've had their problems as well, losing the middle of Tennessee State. But that's a hit. But, you know, I guess I would I'll offer as a glass half full take, and then I'll give you the glass half empty there, Brian. Glass half full take is, despite players leaving, despite the situation it's been, despite a six and seven season last year and losing a mediocre bowl game, and at that point, Neil Brown had been there for a while and things weren't great. The climb wasn't happening as much as he was trying to sell it. He also was still able to bring in transfers. People focus on the players that left. In the transfer portal, you're always going to have players leave. You're always going to have players come. It's going to be one of those things, and that's just how it is, like it or not. But bringing in JT Daniels, that's a coup. That's a, that's a former top transfer. You bring him in. Yeah, the Graham Harrell connection's there, but Slovis started when, when Harrell was there. He was a backup to, to Graham Harrell. It's not like that was it. And, and I, that was a big deal. I put it on the site. But you still get him. It got to it gotta be a feather in your cap. So Neil Brown brings JT Daniels in. He's been fantastic. He's obviously an upgraded QB. The guy's probably going to play at the next level and certainly going to be a coach someday if not. He's a real smart guy and certainly an elite college QB, if nothing else. So that's fixed the offense. The offense is scoring points. He's a leader. He's even keel. He's explosive. He has the right mindset. He's very accurate. He can throw the deep ball. He can throw all the different spots. He can find the third or fourth read. These are veteran type of things that JT Daniels can do that I don't think Jared Daigie could do very well. At least at at that level. Yeah, I know he had the big win for Troy finally. But that's a coup for Neil Brown. He's also brought players in. So that's the glass half full take. But yeah, you're going to lose some, but he'll also bring some in. Maybe JT will stay another year. Who knows? You got to figure some come in when some leave. The glass half empty take is that it could be even more of an exodus this year that you're alluding to because things are really, really bad now. If it really goes down the drain and you only win three or four games and you're ranking it one of the top five worst seasons in program history, it's not year one, like, like when Rich Rod went three and eight. We're looking at year four. That could be a a glaring thing to a lot of recruits out there. They watch sports. They're on Twitter. They know. They might be watching this. They got the internet. And they don't want to be in a situation that's just really, really bad with a coach that clearly is not looking like he's fixing it, even though you're bringing in recruits. Now, granted, a top 35 recruiting class each of the next two seasons, and that may change, but that's where it kind of is now. Maybe even top 30 if things move right. That's a big deal for Neil Brown because he's actually been able to recruit well despite this team not winning. 
getting Rodney Gallagher a big deal. He can be a program changer by coming aboard to West Virginia, and he seems very excited regardless of what's going on right now and also very active on Twitter, certainly watches sports. I see his tweets. He's apparently a Steeler fan. So he's not been moved. He's coming. You could lose him, but it doesn't appear that he's upset at what he's seeing going on right now. Maybe he wants to be part of the, the, the fix. So he's doing really well recruiting, but yeah, the portal is going to be a thing. Maybe you can also, though, if you're losing players, you can also try to quickly fix things and bring those players in. And he has shown the ability, like again, JT Daniels, to be able to bring players into the into the fold, getting a lot of players from lower level from that FCS also to come aboard. And that fix that we thought was going to help the secondary, but it's an experience. It's clearly been a problem this year. Um, this is way. Did I read that right? All the A's there in way. This glass is way below half empty at this point, Mike. We will also lose recruits. Yeah, and I just said that. You, I mean, again, Rodney Gallagher is in right now, but the way the rules are, who knows? You, you certainly can be losing recruits, but are you not surprised that he's been able to get some of these recruits and the recruiting classes are good coming in despite the team not winning? I think it is fair to say Neil Brown has not done well with certain in-game decisions. Certainly going back to the backyard brawl. Obviously, it's a results-based business, and he is under 500 and not many big wins and bad losses, and it's not good enough, obviously. However, he's been an okay recruiter. I don't think anyone can, out, can sit out there and say that you're at West Virginia, which is not even a top program in your conference, which right now is not a top program, a top conference in the country. We're dealing with conference realignment. Who knows where the program will be? Like looking like Big 12 where they're where they're going to stay, but new teams are coming into the conference. You're losing Oklahoma and Texas. That's money that will be left. And who knows about future TV deals? These are all things recruits might be thinking about because they might be aware of all of this. But say the Big 12 stabilizes, say you don't go to the ACC. Are you the best team and program in the conference? Still probably not. It's Oklahoma State. Maybe you're having problems with Cincinnati and some of those teams coming in. Maybe you do get yourself better and you're right up there, but what does that mean for the Big 12 and where that conference ranks? There's no guarantees anymore. We we don't know, even with the play of expansion. So it's not exactly like West Virginia Athletics and the football program. It's all stable. It's not. <laughs> I mean, we could be talking next week and all news could hit and you, you could have no idea. We could be talking five years from now and they can be in a different conference. Okay. So there, there's instability with the future of the program. The team's not winning. The team didn't win last year, and yet he's bringing recruits in, and he's doing it against programs that are that are better. I mean, Pitt coming coming off over the best season in fifty years last year. Yeah, they had a bad loss, but that's a team team they always recruit up against. Obviously, in Western Pennsylvania, they're in a different conference that is maybe more stable right now. Doing well up against them, even Ohio State dips in, Virginia Tech dips in, West Virginia recruits and is doing well in this area they're now dipping back into ohio to do better than they've done recently after kind of dana and even neil brown kind of said forget about it to ohio for a while they do really well in florida that's still a thing and obviously getting scraps in florida is still really good with that being a right high school you know hotbed and but you're still dealing with those florida programs there florida miami florida state etc so they're not recruiting bad he is recruiting well considering the situation and the program he is at. Wisconsin, I talked about Paul Chris getting fired with all the bowl wins and the, the two major bowl games and the Rose Bowl a few years ago. That's a step-up program, and their expectations are higher. So maybe that's why they fired him. 
But again, as I said, Neil Brown should have been on the hot seat this year. You got to at least get to a bowl game. It's not happened. I would probably pull the trigger at the end of this season, by the way. Certainly if you don't at least get to a bowl game and prove to me there's a climb happening. But unfortunately, Brian, I don't think the program's going to do it. I do think he'll be back. I do think the, the buyout will be part of it. Even if they win three or four games, I do think the recruiting class will be part of what can be sold to Shane Lyons in their meeting to bring him back. And by the way, Neil Brown and Shane Lyons are close. So that's certainly going to going to help things. But yeah, this is right now a bad vibe. The, the glass is legitimately half empty right now. When you're two and three and 0 oh and two in conference and the conference is cannibalizing itself, but you still look like you're the worst team in the conference. Doesn't feel good. Makes tons of sense. A lot of instability with everything going on, conference realignment, et cetera, around college football. Cannot make West Virginia fans feel comfortable or feel good right now. And eventually a decision has to be made that it's just unacceptable to be under 500 and have one bowl win in a five or six year period. You can't just forever be like that. And I get the situation after Dana, but there was time given to Neil Brown. We're in year four. We're going to be in year five. Again, this isn't year one. People bring up that Rich Rod season. We're, we're not in year one. We're, we're in year four. I mean, this is crazy. So I get it. And we will see. But it's just interesting if that Paul Chris decision triggers anything in the college football world. Because separate from the Neil Brown conversation, and this isn't, uh, you know, this show is obviously touching on West Virginia because that's what I cover at WB Sports now. And even some of the other teams we cover throughout the network. We don't cover Michigan State, by the way, right now. There's no, there's no Sparty Sports now. But it'll be interesting what happens with Mel Tucker. Had one really solid season with a Heisman candidate in Kenneth Walker. Obviously helped carry him there. The defense was okay, but was overrated, even though he has that as normally his bread and butter, and so does that program, usually defense and running. And that's what it was last year when they won, but it was a little overrated in terms of how they got there, mostly Kenneth Walker leading the way. That was a really solid season. He got tons of money. Buyout will be big, too. See how much rope he now gets because it's really, really bad there. They're one of the most disappointing teams of this season and prior to that there wasn't much to hang your hat on so it's one big year to really say this is me paul chris several of those including the rose bowl a few years ago and multiple major major bowl wins not good enough for them you got to feel like the expectations are similar even if higher at wisconsin so it'll be interesting what happens there but a lot to watch out for steve sarkeesian i said before going to the texas game for west virginia and texas i asked the question Who's under more pressure? I compared him. And Sarkeesian was certainly under more pressure because the expectations of Texas are way higher and, and, and they're going to the SEC, all of that. So, and five and seven last year, he's actually worse than West Virginia. So there was more pressure on Sark. But even the odds said that. They took Neil Brown off. He was on all of those odds list of the next coach to get fired. He was no longer on it after those two wins in a row. Sark was right up there at the top. Obviously, a lot of problems at Auburn as well, you could point to. And now after this win, Sark's leaving some of those lists. We'll see what Texas does, though, because every other week it could be different for them. That Alabama close call, and maybe it was just a bad day at the office against Texas Tech and the Red Raiders. You don't know. I do think they're not back yet. But beating West Virginia at least got him off of those for one week. And Neil Brown, I'm sure, is back on there, especially after seeing Paul Chris fired. Scott Frost got fired earlier this season. These two guys that got fired this year both are alums and players at the schools they got fired from. That doesn't matter. Okay, Neil Brown doesn't have that connection. Not that it should matter. You just want the best guy for the job. But Scott Frost left a good situation with, with, with UCF. And yeah, it goes from group of five to major conference. The schedule got a lot harder for him, though. He, he certainly was able to see it's harder 
to go undefeated when you play a tougher schedule. Okay, you know, doing it in the Big Ten is a little different than doing it as a group of five with only one top 15 opponent that you play all year, let alone playing four or five of them through a season. But he didn't even beat up on teams he should be beating up on, losing to FCS teams. So he was fired at Nebraska. And I thought it was a great call to keep him last year because they're building something, but this year it's been worse. He was fired. Paul Chris fired despite a solid resume, certainly better than what Scott Frost was doing. Does that open up a door that West Virginia just cannot handle waiting around anymore for Neil Brown? Again, the buyout tie shouldn't have given him an extension when you did, but it's just bad vibes right now. Brian back in there. How about we trade coaches with the Badgers? Uh, well, we haven't seen trading coaches in college football be a thing like it's been in the NBA, but hey, we're basically running a pro sport right now with the expanded playoff and with the NIL and all of that. So, hey, why can't coaches be traded? They can certainly trade themselves and take different jobs and players can transfer. Let's trade coaches. Hey, yeah, buyouts are similar. That's a, yeah, that that's again, the buyout being similar and Paul Chris still being fired with expectations the way they are at Wisconsin and the resume that he's put together, which has been quality. Honestly, the last decade or so, right up there with a lot of other Big Ten coaches, that's really glaring. I don't think I would have fired him. I would, I mean, I'd give him at least this year. God, it's a bad year for Wisconsin, but damn, it's not like every year you got to expect a national title. Except for Ohio State, there's not been many other Big Ten programs that have been better over the last decade. So Garfield getting in here with Brian. Wonder if Wisconsin fire Chris to see what Jim Leonard can do. I think we should fire Brown and see how Harold does. So that's a thing also, and I was going to get there before I do close up shop on this. Kind of wanted to give a, a fan vent session. Glad I could help some of you guys vent. Didn't do a post-game show. We got a bye week here. But some major news that developed. So I felt like I can drop the mic on if Paul Christ, his firing affects Neil Brown at all, or even the mentality for people out there. Since that's a surprising move with his resume to have been let go with that buyout. And the Neil Brown buyout of $16.7 million is why myself and others, even though he should be on the hot seat, think he's not going to be let go and he will be given tons of time. That didn't matter to the Badgers. But that's interesting. I don't know what they're going to do there. I don't cover them. I'm not going to try to speak on that. I would feel like an, a program like Wisconsin, it'll be different than West Virginia in terms of the next guy, whether it should be or it should not. It just will be. When West Virginia got Neil Brown, that was a a smaller program guy with success at a lower level situation in Troy. Did have success there, and I thought it was a great move at the time. I'm not going to lie to you. He's done a lot of great things off the field, helped bring in a lot of former players, Rasheed Marshall, Mike Logan, Pat McAfee. They've all told me this. They feel more welcome now than under Dana. He feels like he fits the culture. He wants to be at West Virginia. He's very young, and he could be there a while. I thought it was a great move. It's not worked out, though, on the field to this point, and I don't see it really working out, to be honest. But they're not a splash hire type of program. West Virginia's not going to do a splash type of thing. So maybe there's a higher chance they would try to give it to an assistant coach or try to find somebody in a similar situation. People bringing up Jimbo Fisher, I don't see that happening. I know he said he would come there, but I took that to mean at the end of his career, I don't think he's going to be fired either from Texas A&M, despite him being on some of those lists. And... There's just too much money there. Are they even if he is, are they are West Virginia going to pay him what another program would? He's a former national title winner. Someone will pay Jimbo tons of money. The Mountaineers are not going to pay that, if, especially if they're paying a buyout. They're not going to then also pay Jimbo tons of money. So I don't see that happening. Nick Saban obviously isn't coming either. I know people, you know, bring have always bring up Doc Holliday and bring up all these different coaches. Graham Harold might be the guy for me, honestly. But Wisconsin, I think, would look for a splashier move than just 
all of a sudden promoting somebody maybe. West Virginia, though, if they let Graham Harrell go, I'll leave you with this. If West Virginia lets Graham if they do move on from Neil Brown and they let Graham Harrell go, that might be a great mistake that maybe will be felt for generations. Because I think Graham Harrell is going to be a future coach in college football. I think Graham Harrell has the ability to do it. I think he has the smarts to do it. I think he has the personality to do it. I think he's a leader. I've been around him at practice. I've been around him at press conferences. I'm slurping the Kool-Aid. I know it's only one year in at West Virginia, but you look at the body of work at USC, et cetera. This guy has always had offenses that have had success. And maybe that's a problem because, you know, he's not a defensive guy. It's always an offense air raid type of thing under Mike Leach. So as a head coach, you got to do more. That's been Neil Brown's thing that he came in as an offensive guy. The offense has been really, really bad. It finally fixed itself this year with a better QB. But the defense now is a problem. The defense was actually okay before, but was that really him when he never previously was really a defensive guy? But he had some years at Troy where actually the defense was better than some would think, and the offense wasn't as good. So it does depend on how the players work for you, even though he's more of an offensive guy. You got to coach it all, obviously, in college football, certainly in the NFL. And there could be questions if Graham Harrell can coach the defense. But you make sure there's a veteran defensive guy there with him. 37 years old, man. 37 years old. He has everything you'd want in a future head coach. Someone's going to hire him. It's the system. It's the way of the world. It's the last five years. You find the offensive guru, young coach. You give him the keys to your Cadillac, whether it be college football or even the NFL. Sean McVay was that guy. Dana Holgerson was that guy a decade earlier at West Virginia. Okay, He was an offensive guy, an air raid guy, nothing on defense. And that won the West Virginia and Orange Bowl at least. Yeah, Dana's not having success now because he now can't coach defense and needs to coach some defense, and defense was a problem. But there there was success. And Cliff Kingsbury, for a more recent example as well, these offensive-minded guys that don't have a sniff ability to coach defense really are getting paired with defensive minds, more veterans, and given the keys. So an offensive guru who's in his late 30s, who has the personality, the demeanor, and the leadership ability for the job. And he likes West Virginia, despite having been in more flashier locations. And being from Texas, having spent time at USC, certainly dipping his toes in the NFL for a minute as a player. You would think maybe he would want more than West Virginia. Maybe a program better than West Virginia with a higher platform would call him. Okay? If I'm West Virginia and I move on from Brown, I could probably get him on a pretty sweet deal because he's never been a head coach before. I could have that first meeting with him. He would certainly interview with me, even if others are interested, because he is in West Virginia now. He likes being there now, and he was hired there already. So you do that. You don't let him get away. You don't let him get away if you're moving on from Brown. I, I would give Graham Harrell the job, and I would like Graham Harrell better than a lot of the other options that I think are legitimate options. For West Virginia, certainly there's ones that aren't legitimate options, aren't realistic options that I detail. But but Harrow, I think, would be a fine hire. And who knows if it'll work out? Who knows? Because, again, the defense thing will be a question. But that's what teams are doing now. And he would fit that. Harrow is young. He won't be as expensive. He has Texas connections. Harrow is a serious op, and I think it's absolutely imperative we give him a shot. Boom. Exactly what I said. Yeah. If you're moving on from Brown, and again, pausing, I don't think they will 
unless this season they really don't win any more games. And I do think they win a couple more games. I don't think they're going to make a bowl game, by the way. But I think they win a couple more. I think Neil Brown can sell the recruiting class. Maybe they give Graham Harold a raise because the offense has been so good. Kind of do what happened with Dana and Bill Stewart and make it so Graham Harrell is known that, hey, this will happen soon for you. Or if we do end up making a change with Neil Brown, it's clearly your job. Just give him more money in general. I think he certainly earned a raise. If somebody wants to hire him as a head coach, which I think somebody will, it'll be hard for him to turn it down. But I would do everything in my power to keep Graham Harrell around. I don't think they're going to move on from Neil Brown yet because of the buyout. But if they do, they got to make Graham Harrell the guy. I do think it would be a great mistake to let Graham Harrell get away. And if they want to keep Neil Brown because of the buyout, but Graham Harrell then tells you, hey, this other team wants me to be their head coach. I got to go. Hmm. I would then consider making the move because I wouldn't want to lose Graham Harrell. That's the thing. And it just seems like the secondary has no idea what to do. It's all just head scratching. So that's more on the defense. Again, earlier off your comment, I missed that. My problem is the defense has been as, has been as good since Neil Brown has been there. And Lindsey has also been getting the best out of his players. So this is just surprising. So... I don't know if Lindsay, I mean, yeah, I guess Lindsay's talked a lot about how there's growing pains there and he's getting the best out of guys. I don't know if that's true. I will say in recent years, the defense has been underrated. West Virginia's defense has been underrated, certainly dealing with the Vic Koenig scandal and how good they were that year, despite not winning as a team. And then last year, the defense wasn't the problem. The defense almost beat Oklahoma by themselves. The defense has a, has a couple veterans this year. It's mostly inexperienced, a lot of transfers, certainly in the secondary, what you're pointing to. I thought the secondary would be a weakness of this team. Think about this, Brian. Think about this, social H-A-X, whoever you are. You're saying the defense in the secondary is the problem. Yeah, the two biggest losses this year, the defense has given up tons of points and, the, and tons of yards. Obviously, the defense is a problem. The secondary obviously is the issue more than the D-line because at least they're getting sacks. Like they got sacks against Texas. These teams are throwing it all over the place. But Charles Woods went down in week one, early in week one. He's the veteran. He's the only guy of the secondary you can rely on, and he left. I thought the secondary would be a weakness, certainly, especially with Charles Woods gone. I don't think any of this would be why I wouldn't bring in Graham Harold because he's obviously not a defensive guy. I would not give Jordan, you know, obviously I wouldn't give Jordan Leslie the, the head coaching position, but I kind of like him as a defensive guy. I don't know if it's his fault with some of the miscues and just being out of position and tackling issues. Maybe that's on him, but it just it's just the defense has let this offense down clearly. I'm going to stay a little bit longer because I see more chat action here as I was about to dip out. Why have the receivers been dropping balls at critical times since Brown has been there? Portal hurt defense. Yeah, the portal definitely did hurt the defense, obviously. Messador leaving, others leaving. But again, they did bring guys in from the portal defensively. It's just also hard then to get them administered to the system. They're inexperienced overall to the team. They brought guys in on defense too. But yeah, the defense was going to be a weakness for this team. Some thought it would be a strength. That's what's surprising. Entering the season, some thought the West Virginia defense could be a strength. It's obviously not been outside of maybe Dante Stills and company. And I even put up a feature on WV Sports Now. You guys should head over there and look at it. Stills' numbers are all way down from every season of his career to this point. Obviously, this is it for him. He's going pro. He's trying to go pro. His brother didn't get there yet. We'll see what Dante can do. He obviously makes an impact outside of just numbers, but his stats are not helping his cause. And to have multiple games, only one tackle, to have games without sacks, you're causing fits, but the team is just running all over you. It's not a good look. It's not a good look. Um, yeah, it, it, the defense was good before this year, and then the defense is really bad this year. 
is that all of a sudden because of coaching? Is that because of inexperience? Is that because, yeah, you did lose a lot of players in the, in the portal? Charles Woods being out is a big deal, guys. Okay, that is a big, big deal. I would say entering the season. If there were three players the West Virginia Mountaineers could not lose for a significant period of time if they had a good year, JT Daniels at QB, Dante Stills, of course, at D-line, and then cornerback Charles Woods, those three, and they lost one. And then they're not doing well. That I mean, yeah, what you lose one of those three or certainly multiple of those three was going to be a real bad, be a bad stretch for a while, and they lost one of those. On the receivers, though, there have been receivers that have dropped some critical balls, but I don't think the receiver dropping balls have impacted this season as much as you're kind of alluding to. Maybe against the brawl. It was bad for Bryce Ward-Wheaton there. He's become a really underrated receiver in the country since that game. He's had multiple games this year with, with two touchdowns, okay? Multiple 100-plus yard receiving games. The last recent games, even going to Virginia Tech, he struggled a little bit there. But he opens up space for others. He's been better this year than before, whether the stats show it or not. And earlier in the season, they were showing it. But there have been some bad drops. But Caden Prather has stepped up. Okay. You did lose Winston Wright, but Caden Prather has stepped up. JT Daniels is finding these receivers. He's throwing almost a 70% accuracy clip. The offense, again, just isn't the problem for me. And, and, and name me a moment outside of the backyard brawl that a critical drop really hurt the team in a game they lost. Yeah, in the brawl, but Kansas came back from down two scores and their their offense was scoring basically at will. They would have kept on scoring if that game kept continuing. Texas had the game in hand in the first quarter because their offense was so good against the West Virginia defense. Then you're dominating an FCS team in Townsend. Of course you do, but you should. You beat Virginia Tech, who's not really that good of a team. It eventually explodes. Your defense plays really well there, but... Virginia Tech's offense just really couldn't do much with Grant Wells. And then we'll see uh, from, from here on out here. Do we hold off one more year for Neil Brown and hope it clicks? Uh, again, as I said before, if you're just tuning in, and, and I am going to go now. So I'll wrap it up with this. As I said before, and I said this prior to the season, okay, Neil Brown would have been on the hot seat for me entering this season simply because you're saying there's a climb and actually last season was a regression from the year before. Individual players were worse. Decisions weren't really improved. I get the recruiting class, but you can't wait around forever anymore. And last year was worse than the year before. I wasn't going to fire him before the season by any means. I wasn't saying fire him before this year, but he would have been on a hot seat. And I wasn't talking about they had to win eight games this year like some were predicting. This had to be at least a bowl game season again. And then you can tell me this is a hard schedule, so you didn't win more than that. I got a great recruiting class coming in, so we'll see what I do after that. But you can't keep a guy forever, five, six years plus. This year, probably not a bowl game season now, and some of these decisions have been bad. He's a really, really nice guy. I really honestly like Neil Brown. He's done a lot of good things for the program. But if it was me, and this team wins four games or less this year, then yeah, I would make a move. I would fire him, and I would actually immediately interview Graham Harrell and probably give him the job. I like him better than a lot of other candidates who are outside the program right now. I don't care where he was born. You don't got to be a West Virginia guy for me. I don't think Jimbo and Nick Saban are happening. So I'd like a 37-year-old young offensive guru. That's the system that's been working in college and pro football the last handful of years in terms of coaches. So I would do that in a heartbeat. However, I do think they're going to give Neil Brown another year. 
I think the buyout would be part of that. I do think recruiting classes coming in and the fact that they are top 35 recruiting classes next year and the year after that, Rodney Gallagher being that major reason and that game-changing player. I do think they'll give him more time. I do think that'll be able to be sold to Shane Lyons. It may cost them Graham Harrell. Maybe they'll have to give Graham Harrell more money to stick around and be a coach and waiting type of thing, even though even if it's kind of maybe under wraps. I don't think Neil Brown will be there forever. I don't think it's going to be a Don Nalen thing. I don't think he's going to be there for 10, 20 years like he thought he would be and just have this back to glory era for West Virginia like he proclaimed after the season a few years ago. Don't see it. I think he'll eventually be fired. I think he'll probably be fired at the end of next season when next season's similar to this season because also if it keeps on going well for JT Daniels, he may choose to leave. He could be back next year. doesn't have to come back next year especially if he plays a full season healthy and the NFL really likes what they see. Cause right now I'm impressed. So I think he will be back after this season, but I would pull the trigger if they don't win enough games, but if they get into a bowl game and somehow upset Baylor, and then maybe they finally beat Oklahoma or they do beat TCU. Cause the conference, you just never freaking know, even though TCU hung a lot of points on the Sooners, Oklahoma state too. Maybe they've ruined their year maybe then, okay, you're sold. If the man gets five or six wins at this point, sitting a two and three, even if he's under six and gets the five and they're playing really well and competitive with the recruiting class coming in and knowing that buyout, I maybe could be convinced to go another year. But I think regardless, unless they really don't win any more games, he's coming back um, because of the buyout in the recruiting class. But I would pull the trigger if there's not enough more wins and not of a sign of improvement. Maybe that's partly because I like Graham Harrell so much. Who knows? Um yeah, the likability is there. So that's the thing. Almost everyone likes Neil Brown. I think the difference with the Dana Hogerson won a lot of games. Okay, he disappointed at times too. I get it. But they won eight games a lot of years. He won an Orange Bowl. Granted, was early on in the tenure, of course, right away in that first year. And I know the four-win season's right there in six in everyone's craw. But Dana Hogerson's resume, those, those 10 years, certainly better than this. Certainly not that bad overall. Beat OU, maybe that'll be it, regardless of if there's any other wins. Maybe that'll be a thing, too. Dana Holgerson won a lot of games, even though not enough of them. Won a lot of games at West Virginia, and fans were not happy with it. And I think a lot of it was because he underachieved at times, but also he was a flat-out jerk at times, too. So people didn't, okay, the jerk didn't succeed. Let's kind of humble the jerk a little bit. Neil Brown's likable. People don't want to fire this man. They want him around. The program likes him. The administration likes him. The AD likes him. The staff likes him. The media likes him. The fans like him. The former players and alumni like him. So I do think if he can salvage some respectability the rest of the way, he can sell recruiting class. I'm a good guy. I'll do better next year. Buyouts what it is. Give me one more year. Just hopefully they don't lose Graham Harrell in the process, though. But I think that'll be sold. But I would pull the trigger regardless and say, hey, Honestly, I'd rather have my crazy uncle and win some games than my grandfather and, you know, personality wise and be the head coach and have this not go anywhere. I appreciate the discussion as well, guys. Uh, didn't have much early on, but once we finally got clicking here, I actually ended up doing another 10 minutes more of this show than I thought I was going to do. I was going to basically morph this into mic drop. about decision impacts Neil Brown, and we did talk a lot about that. Wanted to reset things here in the bye. There's no game, obviously, this week. You have Thursday night on October 13th coming up, but didn't do a post game show. So wanted something here. Yeah. Dana didn't focus. Yes. Dana did not do much on defense either. Offense won some games. The offense 
wasn't enough to win some other games when the defense wasn't focused on enough and maybe Gino would have won more games if they put an emphasis on defense. Is that your pause to Graham Harrell? I'll leave you with that. If you do decide and do love Graham Harrell so much because you're done with Neil Brown, does the Dana resume make you maybe a little worried? Because Dana is that similar guy 10 years ago. All offense, no defense. You had some big wins. You had some bad losses. You'd win a lot of games, but the defense was never focused on. Still not focusing on it now. And they're both air raid guys under Mike Leach. Are you nervous, regardless of conference, regardless of situation, and certainly with everything ever changing in college football, that Graham Harrell could be a guy that doesn't ever put an emphasis on defense, cannot coach defense well, and that then would have a similar 10-year period. But that would be much better than what we see with Neil Brown and Again, those type of guys are the way of the world in football these days. Follow us at WV Sports Now on social media. Find us WVSportsNow.com for all of our coverage there, whether it be football, basketball, or all of West Virginia athletics. And, of course, subscribe here, bottom of this video. Certainly, if you like and see what you hear right now, or really even if you don't, you just want to tell me you disagree all the time, feel free to subscribe anyway and come at me and do that. I'll either comment back on archived shows or – Talk to you live like this. So we kind of did a surprising live chat. I'm glad we did it. Vent session, live chat, no post-game show. So why not? The post-game shows are usually lit. Glad we could do something here, middle of the day, Monday morning quarterbacking, the state of the program, and not a good vibe right now. Some bad vibes. We'll see the future, though. And we also will see if that Paul Chris decision with his resume and that buyout and Wisconsin choosing to fire him impacts the thinking for West Virginia and Neil Brown. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.